The Palestinian hunger strike is not about how Israel treats its prisoners. In fact, it has nothing to do with the prisoners. Yeah, the prisoners are the ones who are doing the hunger strike, but that's about it. There is only one reason this is happening. I'm going to tell you the backstory here, and this is going to blow you away. This is shocking, and it is very, very scary. My name is Yaakov M. I did want to discuss the media's obsession with this looming government shutdown. The government's not going to shut down, but I'm not sure if it would be such a big deal if it did. The media is just totally up in arms. We are going to have to leave that for later in the week because this is too important right now. Marwan Barghouti supposedly has organized this massive, massive hunger strike. Over 1,500 Palestinian prisoners being held in Israeli prisons are doing this hunger strike. But listen, this is not really Barghouti. He couldn't have done this himself. Here's, here's the deal. Here's what's really happening. First, why is this happening right now? Do you ever think about that? Marwan Barghouti, the terrorist, the lifelong terrorist, the career terrorist who is responsible for hundreds, probably thousands of Jewish lives that were taken, that were murdered in cold blood. He founded the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade. He was a student, a disciple of Yasser Arafat. He's the number two guy to Mahmoud Abbas. Even though he's in jail, he is still beloved by the Palestinians. They would elect him president in a heartbeat of the Palestinian Authority. That's Marwan Barghouti's claim to fame, although the New York Times wouldn't tell you all those details. Now, how, how did he organize 1,500 prisoners from his cell? He's practically in solitary confinement. How did he do that? And this has been going on for weeks. This was, they, Trust me, those prisoners are not reading the New York Times, not reading his op-ed piece. And this has been organized for many, many weeks. He announced it in the New York Times. And by the way, that op-ed piece, you think he wrote that himself? I mean, that thing is so well-written. There are many Harvard professors who couldn't have written that op-ed piece. So Marwan Barghouti did not write that thing himself. It was written for him. And what you have to realize here, folks, is... This is a massive, coordinated, organized effort by the radical left, by Palestinians, probably some Israelis, some very, very left-wing extreme Israelis, and by the media, the New York Times, and others. I mean... You don't. They spelled it out for you. They let him print an op-ed piece bashing Israel. Totally unfounded, by the way. You read his claims. It's platitudes. It's very, very generic stuff. The old rhetoric about Israel. Totally not true. But they let him put it in there. No facts. No, no, no sources. Nothing like that. You know, just, just pure, pure rhetoric and propaganda. So this is organized, and the, and I'll prove it to you. You know what the prisoners' demands are? The prisoners' demands. You know why they want to treat, be treated? Supposedly they're being abused by the Israelis. First of all, they're lucky to be alive, okay? Many of these people are terrorists. They're enemies of the state of Israel. They should have been executed any other country. Imagine how Israelis would be treated in Palestinian prisons. They wouldn't get through the night. So these people don't realize how lucky they are, but it gets even better. Even the mainstream media admits that what are the prisoners' demands? More family visits, better health care, and greater access to education. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Oh, and, and an end to solitary confinement. Okay, that's the only one there that has any real substance. But the others, I mean, better health care, greater access to education? Is that like, a, you can't make this stuff up. They're not getting that in the Palestinian Authority. They're not, the free Palestinians are not getting that. But the ones in prison, that's what they want. Those are their big demands. That's the big abuse. They're going on a hunger strike because of that. And by the way, as I'm sure you heard, the Israelis outside, right next to these prisons where these 
people are doing these hunger strikes, the Israelis are have these massive barbecues so that the smell of the barbecue gets to them. And a lot of people are complaining, saying, how dare the Israelis be so cruel? How could they torture them like that? Now, let's see here. Who's the cruel when the Israelis are cooking delicious smelling food, giving these Palestinians the smell of their lives? And the Palestinians are the ones who are not allowing themselves to eat. They're the ones who are starving themselves. But the Israelis are the ones who are doing the torturing, right? You can always blame the Israelis for anything. Always blame the Jews, no matter no matter what they do. And good, you know, I mean, they, they shouldn't be starving themselves. They shouldn't be undergoing this hunger strike. It's not right. And uh, making themselves into the martyrs and the victims when they're the, when they're the cold-blooded murderers. They don't want to be treated badly by the Israeli prison system. I, I have some advice for them. Don't murder Jewish babies, okay? Don't be an accessory to terrorism, Okay, and then the Israelis will leave you alone. They underwent fair trials. But anyway, this is just absolutely astonishing. Now, here's the now, now why? Now, why? Why are they so? This is not Bargudia by himself. He's a popular guy, he has influence, but I don't believe, and you'll tell me I'm wrong, and I don't believe anybody else is saying this, by the way. If somebody hears this, Anywhere else, please let me know. Email me at thejewishnewschannel at gmail.com because I want to know, because I want to hear if others have noticed what's happening here. This is very, very shocking and scary. Here's why. It's a coordinated effort by the left. There's no question that to, to organize 1,500 prisoners doesn't happen by itself. It's a very, very large, coordinated, organized effort by a large group of people, and we see the New York Times directly involved, helping this guy write an op-ed he never could have written himself. Why are they doing it? Why now? And the answer is they're doing it to evoke public sympathy. They want the Palestinians to be viewed as victims, not the Palestinian prisoners, the entire population. They want Israel to be the bullies and the Palestinians to be the victims. That's the narrative. Why now? I'll tell you now. And this is for, uh, this is targeting one person. One person. Can you figure out who it is, folks? The guy who in the next two months could make will make decisions that could impact the next 10, 20, 50 years of the Middle East conflict of Israel and the Palestinian people. And that is President Trump. President Trump is meeting with Mahmoud Abbas in a few days. There's no coincidence here. And like we said, Bargudi is the number two guy beloved by the Palestinians, only next to, to Abbas, and some of them prefer him to Abbas. And Abbas is almost 80. So in the next few months, President Trump is going to lay out his Middle East peace plan. And the Palestinians know Trump has shown that he will succumb to emotion that if he sees Syrian kids getting gassed, then he will attack Syria. And if he views the Palestinians as the victims and the Israelis as the bad guys, that could affect his Middle Eastern policy. It could literally change at the at the snap of a finger. Uh, on a dime, Trump's entire Middle East uh, peace policy can change if he feels that the Palestinians are victims. So this is an effort to try because what's going to happen here in a few weeks and this happened last time there was a hunger strike I'm I'm telling you this could very well happen you're going to have Palestinians 30 40 50 days not eating only drinking and they're going to be on the verge of death this happened a few years back you remember that and no matter how many people they killed no matter how many terrorist acts they were involved in um when when they are starving to death and 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 these and being told the Israelis are being told hey you can fix this if you treat them better you can fix this so now the Israelis become the bad guys. The mainstream media all around the world will sympathize with the Palestinians. They'll show these pictures of this Palestinian withering away, of Marwan Bargudi and others withering away, decaying, half dead, three quarters dead. And they'll say the Israelis could put a stop to this. Now the Palestinians can also put a stop to it. They could stop starving and start eating. But the Israelis will get the blame for being these big, evil, mean bullies. 
That's what this is all about. And then suddenly everything shifts, and the Palestinians are the masters at the propaganda war. That is what's so frightening over here. I have very, very, a lot of confidence. I'm not going to say that I'm certain, but I believe that's what's happening, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please, you know, if you have another opinion or you think I'm wrong, that's cool. I, I can handle that. Now, here's the next question. Why is Marwan Bargudi their hero? Now, and, and many are saying this. Why would the New York Times and why would the radical left, they're trying to promote peace in the Middle East. They're trying to show us that the Palestinians are victims. And they pick this guy who everybody agrees and who is a confessed murderer and a lifelong terrorist by his own admission. And nobody denies that. They pick him as their leader. Does that really make a lot of sense? Uh, Why not pick somebody who would evoke more sympathy? Why pick somebody who's so heinous and so evil? And the answer is pretty amazing. The answer is the, the New York Times and the media didn't pick this guy. The Palestinians picked him because he's been in prison 15 years. He's serving four or five consecutive lifelong sentences. Um, and by the way, there are 20 or so murders that the, the Israelis acquitted him for. They said, we don't have enough evidence, or at least they failed to convict him on, which shows you that they're giving him a fair trial. But anyway, the, the, 15 years he's been in jail, and he is still viewed as the most influential guy. I'm telling you, the polls all show that the Palestinians, by a margin of like 60%, would pick him to succeed Mahmoud Abbas. I mean, is that amazing? That's who they look up to. Can you imagine if the Israelis voted in a prime minister who was a who was a murderer, a professed hater of Arabs, a terrorist? I mean, give me give me a break. And that's who that's literally the number one guy. In other words, if they they want to influence as many Palestinians as possible, even though he's not doing this by himself, he's the poster boy, and they want to influence thousands of Palestinians as they're doing. Fifteen hundred are undergoing this hunger strike. So so he's the guy. Nobody else has the kind of influence he has. Now, what does that say about the Palestinian people? I mean, it's just really, really, really shocking. Now, related to this is the UN, because Nikki Haley, um, she is in charge this month. The U.S. is in charge. That means her. She's in charge of the Security Council meeting. She gets to chair it. And she actually opened up the floor and said every country, not just the Security Council, every country member of the UN has the right to come and speak about the Middle East. Give us your take. But she said, but let's shift the focus to Iran. Forget Israel. Let's shift the focus to Iran. Because Iran, they're the ones who are destabilizing the Middle East. They're the threat. Israel's not the threat. Israel gets condemned by the UN, but they're not the threat. And Nikki Haley amazingly got, got a bunch of countries to focus on Iran. They did bash Israel. I'm not kidding myself. They're not our friends. They bashed Israel too, but much, much less than usual. And they made, the major focus was Iran, the United Arab Emirates, and other countries, Arab countries, and many others as well, uh, actually focused on Iran. That's Nikki Haley. That's President Trump's influence. Venezuela not. Venezuela, they're big, big, big pro-Arab. They do a lot of business with Iran and with the, with the Middle Eastern countries, with the evil Middle Eastern countries. Venezuela is an evil country themselves. So they did not and others did not. But the point is that Nikki Haley has done an, an unbelievable job of shifting the balance in the UN, shifting the, the, the discussion and saying, listen, enough Israel bashing. Israel, they're, they're the good guys. They're, they're one of the few. And uh, it's about time that we recognize this. And the UN is responding because the Iranian threat right now uh, is just so great, and North Korea and other nuclear a- ambitious countries who are very, who are very evil dictators who are leading them, proclaiming that they're going to destroy the good guys as soon as they can. They're going to destroy, declare war on the West. That is becoming a major focus, and it's in big part thanks to Nikki Haley and to President Trump. Now, again, 
that's bad for the Palestinians. The Palestinians, the UN has been the number one proponent. They've been bashing Israel, calling them an apartheid state, call, uh, call, uh, call, uh, condemning their uh, their settlement building and condemning them for what they call occupied territories that, that, that they claim the Israelis are uh, – uh, living in or settling in. So this is a very, very big deal. These next couple of months are huge, and we're going to keep an eye on this because if the media enables the public or forces the public or causes the public to sympathize with the Palestinians, that could be absolutely disastrous. Thank you once again for being here. My name is Yaakov M., and I will see you next time.